we should do a Bitface Top Gear episode <laughs> just based on this conversation. Bit Gear episode. We could do Bit Gear. <clears throat> top Face. We could. Top, <laughs> top, top Face. face. <laughs> Don't on, Google that. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug has. <laughs> On that note, welcome to BitFace. The first official crossover episode we do this year is going to be a self-serving one because we're crossing over with my other podcast. <laughs> you might recognize the voice talking about his car keys as someone who's been on the cast multiple times. In fact, I think he was officially our second guest after Brad, my, uh, my best friend, uh, Doug Lund, and we have a new podcast together called Project Challenge. I'm not going to go into it too much here, but welcome to BitFace. Doug? Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for hosting Rebecca. I'm happy to be here, and I don't know how much I'm going to contribute today because I'm pretty fucking hungover, but uh, <laughs> even if I just get to sit here and watch this happen with you guys, I'll be happy. And we are at, uh, what did we decide your, your place is going to be called when we record here, Bucks? Oh, God. I the Bunny know. Hutch? Is, is that what that we was, went that with? That was my recommendation. but I, um... I think that's where we are right now. So first time we've ever, we've ever taped here at, at Beck's place. And then, of course, across the table from me, about to say something, even though I cut him off. Tyler Runtier, G. Glay, is behind the board today. Nope, nothing to say. <laughs> I'm going to start with... Uh, that's with... good for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> at least not in that particular moment. I mean, I'd, I'm sure I'll have stuff to contribute throughout the cast. I hope so, because I think we've got a couple good topics to go over today. But I am going to start with a topic none of us researched. Uh, and I'm going to quote <laughs> uh, the sexy chameleon over here to my left. Fuck documentaries. <laughs> and I want to ask you what... I, I know you mentioned Blackfish, but there, are there other documentaries that make you be so vehement about saying fuck documentaries because it might be my favorite style of, of film <laughs> um i think it it kind of depends you know it, it's um very similar to what doug said i feel like so many documentaries have an agenda behind them and i just don't trust that um so blackfish was kind of the one that immediately came to mind i'm sure there's other examples but we didn't do any research on this so only blackfish i guess they do have agendas, and I, I've seen a lot of them with that. I, I've heard Supersize Me is very manipulated. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. anything that Michael Moore made falls under that oh, yeah. classification. Fahrenheit, 9-11. He's had a bunch of them. And those, but those aren't the ones I get into. I like King of Kong. I like uh, the one I watched this week, Drunk, Stoned, Brilliant, Dead, A History of National Lampoon. And that kind of brought me to where I did want to start today. I want you guys all to watch that documentary because I want you to see how fucking soft we've become as a culture. I know people say now, oh, the language is so much worse. Oh, the content is so much worse. It's not true. I saw so many jokes in that National Lampoon movie that there's no fucking way you could tell them today. We live in a society where you can't even tell a Baron Trump joke without getting fired from your fucking job. And that joke is tame compared to half of the shit I saw in the National Lampoon documentary, I'm sad for comedy now. I'm sad for humor now. I'm sad that everybody has such a stick up their fucking ass that we can't we can't tell jokes anymore. Well, it was like when um, you had me watch Top Secret, some of the jokes that they were saying, I was like, you could not get away with that nowadays. You cannot have the anal intruder in a PG no. movie. <laughs> There's an, I think an we've all seen Top moment. Secret, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, and and you can't you can't do jokes like that anymore. And I'm I'm disappointed in our society that we've become such a bunch of pussies. And yeah, that's the term I'm going to use. We become a bunch of fucking pussies that we can't handle jokes, whether about race or sex or and you know what? Fuck you, Donald Trump. You're the president now. Guess what? We're allowed to make fun of you. Oh, and we're going to, especially especially when you don't want us to. So sending out your press guy to say, no, the inauguration crowd was huge, that just ensures that we're going to harp on that until the day you leave office. I'm not going to lie. Like, I can understand some people getting upset, but not if it's a joke. Like... You just I think people don't understand the difference between me bashing someone and me telling a joke anymore, and that's the difference. The Baron Trump joke was not a joke on the kid. The kid was used in the joke. The joke was his family is so shitty that he's gonna kill them all. That I don't think half the people got that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it makes me mad. She lost her job. Yeah. 
and I guess everything is public now. If you post something on Twitter, you can expect to be held accountable. But shouldn't that also operate for the guy that's running our country? And I don't want to get into politics here, guys. But I, I figured I'd start off with... Uh, I think he does. <laughs> and I think that's my fault. I'm going to apologize in advance. We t- you uh, did this to us. If I you did. listen to the second episode of Project Challenge, I do go off a little bit. And actually, Doug does too on politics. So I did listen to Politically Challenged, for sure. <laughs> Politically Challenged. I... Uh, you know, Eric, I don't know that I, that I agree with all of that. I think that publicly, uh, a lot of people make a point to to tone it down or to, to shame others for some less popular ideas. But then I see shows like South Park, which ruthlessly and unapologetically still throw out the most racist, raunchy, one of my favorite comedians, Louis C.K., does the same thing. Um, that There's still plenty of material to be found out there that is unfiltered and enjoyable and somehow they they stand up to the scrutiny or they're separate from it or unaffected somehow i think that joke flies though if it's on south park and i think that joke flies if it comes out of louis ck's mouth because i think they've earned the right to do that i think because she was an unknown saturday night live female writer she took shit for it that sucks i think no matter who you are if you make a fucking good joke Make a good joke. I'm, I could not have said it better myself. Let's get into the announcement this week. Star Wars Episode Eight is going to be called The Last Jedi. Thoughts? Did you guys see that thing that I sent in the... It was all of the um, episodes seven, eight, nine together, and it made the title spell out The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, from his nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Episode Nine is from his nap. Yep. I like that. What could it mean? <laughs> I, you know, Luke's already awake. We saw him at the end of seven, even so, he's not napping. <laughs> I listened to an interview with Mark Hamill this week, and he said he was in training for sixteen weeks. Had wow. no idea that all he had to do was turn around in a robe. He was like, "I never would have gone to the gym. I never would have got on a diet." Oh. He was like, "I had no idea." He's like, "I thought I was playing Luke again, which I was, but I didn't know that I was only in the movie for." you know, four and a half seconds. That's hilarious. <laughs> and time well spent because presumably episode eight is going to be about Luke since yeah. he's the last Jedi. Is that what you're assuming that it, it is Luke that they speak of? Or is, I, as someone pointed out, I think Kirk first on the Bitface page, Jedi is plural. But in the opening crawl for episode seven, it says Luke Skywalker, comma, the last Jedi. I is mean, that what it says? It, mm-hmm. In the crawl that where they're okay. talking about how he's gone missing. Um, that those words are right next to Luke Skywalker. So, yeah. Well, there's bam. Speculation ended. Like now we know who the last Jedi is. <laughs> All right, episode over. See you later. <laughs> Sorry. I, I guess when I first read it, I assumed that they were talking about Rey. But she hasn't gone through Jedi training. She's definitely, you know, force sensitive and all of that. But isn't that a qualification of being a Jedi? Is that you actually go through the training? And yep. So that's. Definitely but there's no more. I mean, it's Jedi correspondence school at this point, though. Who the fuck is going to teach her? I guess Luke? Just Luke? Just like Luke learned from Yoda. Yeah. Half learned. And and yet, look where he's at now. Look how far he's come. Yeah, he's hiding out on an island. All the way to a tiny island. little island, yeah. <laughs> if, hiding out. If I had to bet, I'd say Ryan Johnson, who probably wasn't responsible for the title, but uh, may have been involved in, in the guidance of it, is using a little misdirection here. I, I don't think we should know exactly what to expect for this film. I still, I'm going to stick with what I guessed after seven. I think we're going to have more Jedi than just Ray. I think Finn and Poe totally have the potential to become Jedi. I don't think so. And you may think I'm crazy, but hold on. The only reason that, you know, Jedi can wield lightsabers is because they're force sensitive. And Poe definitely wielded that lightsaber somewhat well. Not great, but somewhat well. And he wouldn't have been Finn. able to... Poe didn't touch it. Finn. You're right. But, and then Poe, his reflexes, they brought that up and made that a very, very particular point that his reflexes were very, very Han good. Han Solo's a good pilot. He doesn't have the force and he used a lightsaber. I'm just... Yeah, that's an interesting point. But I think there's a potential that they could throw that in. And I'd like it. I think Finn was... Finn's not his entire purpose in the film, but was misdirection. They had that shot of him doing the lightsaber at the end of the first trailer on purpose. So you would think, oh, and everybody got so pissed. It's a black Jedi. Oh, no, no, no. 
it's going to be a woman Jedi, so get more pissed. Uh, and that's, that's what Finn was there for, right? Pissed. I wasn't mad. No, not, not at all. But a lot of people, they don't want... A lot want... of people were. And I loved all of the outrage over um, Captain Phasma. They were like, I can't tell that's a woman. Like, yeah, she's wearing armor. You're not supposed to be able to tell that that's a woman. Is she the only female stormtrooper? Or have there been, I guess, in the comic books or the, the novels, if you will? I don't know. I don't know much about the extended universe. I don't either. I I think she's the she might be the only one. I don't think I've there really is no ex- extended universe anymore because wasn't all of that rendered non-canon when Disney acquired Lucasfilm? That's what I've heard. Yes, technically, but there is kind of an extended universe a little bit if you think about things like uh, the two cartoons, um, Rebels and whatever the other one is. One of them tied directly into Rogue One, from right. what I've heard. I haven't watched it, but I've heard that there's there's even characters that appear in the cartoon that show up in Rogue One. Yeah, so I mean, we get we get some uh, a little bit of an extended universe, but it does. As soon as they acquired it and they said they were going to make seven, eight, nine, it wiped out all the books. They're the like, Heir to the Empire and the Timothy Zahn books and. Um, yeah, and they're actually really good. They're they're good reads. That's when uh, Leia and Han they stay married. They have twins. The twins are force sensitive. Obviously, they clone the bad guy from the hand they found cut off a of Luke, which I thought was pretty cool when I was in high school. I don't know how that would work now, but and in fact, I I read that the original opening shot of Episode Seven that J.J. Abrams took out was Luke's hand floating through space with the lightsaber in it. I don't know where the fuck they were going with that, but that's what I read, and then they cut that out. That would have been great. (laughs) Potential for that. I mean, Maz Kanta says that's a story for another day. I want to know how the fuck that lightsaber got there. Yeah, me too. And I want to know what the fuck Rey saw when she touched it. I've, I've, like, taken The Force Awakens and, like, like, slowed it way down and gone frame by frame. Like, what's going on here? And I still can't tell. I know it's uh, you get Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor's voices, correct? Mm-hmm. But other than that, you can't. There's not even an image when you slow it down that you can. No, discern. not really. There's um, there's a lot of speculation out there on like, um, who the group of guys is, um, you know, stuff like that. But nothing, nothing hardcore, nothing concrete that I could see. Well, and then you have Daisy Ridley after the movie saying, "Well, I thought it was." obvious who Bray's parents are and all the fans like well what the fuck yeah <laughs> troll yeah she is yeah she is she's trolling. gotta be they did announce that they are not gonna do cgi leia in episode nine. Oh, thank god which i think is a good thing and you and i have talked about this uh i don't think we've talked about it on cast but we both thought well if she's really that important to the story they probably should do that but they have said they will honor Carrie Fisher's death and not CGI her. I guess the last time you'll see CGI Carrie Fisher will have been in Rogue One. Thank God. Yeah, I'm okay with that because uh, Grand Moff Tarkin was... Uh, Creepy. Was god-awful. That was like the only thing I really disliked about Rogue One, which we haven't talked about on... We can on go into a little yet. Rogue One if you want to. Yeah. I know it's a little dated, uh, but... Yeah, it is a little bit, but you know what? It's been out for a whole month. God. You know how we are. <laughs> we talked about the Avengers, the what, the not the Avengers, the second Avengers, one of those movies, Civil War. Civil War. Five minutes after we saw it and, and <laughs> published it within an hour. So yeah, this is a little slow for us. That's okay. Uh, but anyways, I really liked it. And that was the only thing that I really disliked about that whole movie. And it bugged me because every time I just couldn't turn away from it. I was like, it's so blatantly obvious. It's just smacking me in the face with its fucking cgi hand <laughs> and it was awful so i i don't mind my dad having... leaned over to me and he said i'm pretty sure that dude's dead <laughs> <laughs> so it's bad when it takes you out of the movie and that's what you're thinking and you're not paying attention to the story because you're focusing on an effect that that's a negative but let's assume from carrie fisher's point of view that she was all for like yeah if i die fucking recreate me i'm down with that she seemed like the kind of person that was very, very, very difficult to offend. Um, I can't imagine her having a problem. <laughs> yeah, being... no kidding. If uh, if George Lucas, what are you what doing? What are you doing? Nothing. Continue. He's turning down my volume. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, that was, hey, that's not the button. He was. I know where your volume is. <laughs> I'm actually trying to make sure that uh, that Bex's volume is is up. Or you just because speak... I'm so quiet. Yeah. I'll <laughs> yell into the mic. I'm sorry. All right, not too loud, though. So if it's a bad way to tell a story, that's a negative against it. But 
I don't know that the moral thing is is really that it should be that big a factor. And I'm probably an asshole for saying that, but yeah, I think um, a lot of movie stars were mostly concerned that like, you know, what's the point of acting anymore? Just get someone who will do it for cheap. If, you know, if they no longer wanted to pay Robert Downey Jr. to be Tony Stark, they could just, they already own his image as Tony Stark. So just get a kid, some random kid who will take like, I don't know, 50 bucks a day and CGI on top of him. I think that day's coming too. That's, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Why don't we do that now? If I ever had the means, I would CGI an entire fucking Police Academy movie. <laughs> I'd get the whole <laughs> cast back together for Police Academy 9. And we could. Like, why don't CGI we? CGI Steve Gutenberg? I yeah. mean, come on. That, that's where, I mean. He's still sh- alive. That's true. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to the day when we truly have, like, Ready Player One, like the Oasis, and you can actually be inside your favorite movie. The first time that he was inside um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, I was, like, just cheering. I was so happy. I need to read that book. It's sitting yes, on my do. desk untouched. I need everyone told me it's great. It's my favorite book of all time. Really? Of all time. But you hate documentaries, so what's your favorite documentary <laughs> of all time? Oh damn, that's a good question. I'll get back to you. Okay. I, I will read it then. Maybe we'll talk about it. Because the that's Spielberg is doing that. Is doing like, a movie, right? Right. Yeah. I need to read it as well. I also have it, but I have not read it. It's so good. Imagine that unread books in our house. <laughs> There's, there's probably a hundred of them. I think I read it in five hours. It's a quick read. Yeah, it, it is a quick read, but it's you cannot put it down. No. Like definitely start it on a weekend because you're not gonna not gonna be able to put it down. Um, I actually got to meet uh, Ernest Klein. He was really really fantastic. He did a book signing um, for us and talked a little bit about when he wrote Fanboys and stuff like that. So he was really really cool. Now Fanboys is that the same Fanboys that they made the movie out of? Yeah, that, that I heard they really butchered. They really, really butchered it. He talked about that quite a bit. Um, you know, he wrote um, the entire screenplay was all him, and he wanted to have full creative control over it, and they wanted to take it in an entirely different direction. And so, um, when the director and the producers took it that direction and like test screened it with a few audiences, it tanked. So they tried to like save it and put it back together and make it as close to Klein's original screenplay as they could, um, and it just didn't. It was good, but it wasn't what it should have been. There's a scene in that movie that makes no sense where they're riding in the van and then all of a sudden the kid with cancer falls out of the side of the van. And I was like, how the hell did they get from one point to another? Did you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Did you guys see Fanboys? I have not seen it. I love that movie. Never realized that Klein had anything to do with that movie or that it was based on a book or a a script that that he wrote. Yeah, it was an original screenplay. Before he started writing books, he wanted to write screenplays. And so that was all he did. Um, and based it on a true story though, right? Yeah, it was, it was a friend of his. Um, and then he actually started writing ready player one as a screenplay and thought there's just too much that I want to put into this. I'm going to turn it into a book. And then when Spielberg wanted to make the movie out of it, he was like, well, I guess I'm turning it into a screenplay after all. That's good. At least he's getting to adapt his own work. Yeah. I yeah, he, he learned his lesson from fanboys. He is going to have total control over this one. <laughs> so you liked fanboys. I did. I thought it was okay. It, it's one of the... That's a film that I would say that Eric would like and Doug would like both. That's one of the few that we overlap on. Because it, it was shitty and it was also really enjoyable. Yeah. Wasn't uh, Robin Williams' daughter in it? Or am I thinking of another movie? Is there a girl in fanboys? Yeah, there's uh, Kristen Bell. That's right, it's Kristen Bell. There's another movie similar to that that has Zelda Williams in it. I can't remember what it is, though. And Jason Muse is in it, too. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's definitely not worth watching. Um, Are you saying that you guys don't have a very similar taste in movies? No, we do not. What about... We talked about this in the last Project Challenge episode, how... Death Race 2050. That's a true exception, the fact that Doug enjoyed it, uh, because that is not in his wheelhouse at all. Ask Eric if he liked that movie. Uh, I was sleeping. <laughs> I will watch it, though. But, like, for example, Tyler, Miami Connection, you and I laughed our way through the entire thing. Doug didn't make it 20 minutes. I love that movie. I'm glad that, that someone else besides Eric does. <laughs> well, you guys both liked uh, Top Secret, right? We talked about that. Yeah, it's easier to to forgive the things that are wrong with that movie when you were at the age that I was when I saw that movie. So okay. I watch it again now. Oh, and so I think, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah, there's a... Uh, there's a sentimental attachment to it. Uh, 
it's hard for me to get over those things and, and enjoy a movie. Death Race was was one that I was able to get into and enjoy. It was well done. I'm excited you guys both liked it because I'll I'll probably try to rewatch it this weekend. Uh, I can't wait till you rewatch. Have it, you guys? Has anybody seen the original besides me? Death Race 2000 with David Carradine plays Frankenstein. Sylvester Stallone's in it. It's pre Rocky. I want to say I caught part of it on the and tube hate, sometime and, and probably changed the channel. <laughs> but no, Doug and I do not have. In fact. Uh, I guess I'll bring it up here, but then we're going to drop it immediately. Hated Star Trek Beyond. Loved it. You didn't love the fact that they saved the world with the Beastie Boys? <laughs> it's almost like he knew exactly what I was going to say. I wonder if he's listened to the first episode of Project Challenge, because we go, we go into it in pretty, pretty deep there. Oh. But no, Doug, Doug hated it. What's the other one that you really hated that I loved? There's a list. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. You're going to have to be more specific. Huh. Doug doesn't get into the camp as much as I do. And I, I like, and Bex is going to have to be the, the deciding vote here. You have to watch Miami connection. I want to know what you think. Okay. You, you know that I'll we love it. it. Um, yeah. God, Miami. Connection. I, know, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. Bit facers. I know my tastes are more in line with yours, Eric. So I'm sure if you like it, I'll like it. Toma actually started watching that movie and he started watching it because he came over and we were watching power Rangers with my kid <laughs> And he's like, I need to find really campy, ridiculous movies to watch. And he somehow came over Miami Connection. And he starts sending me like a video of him watching it. And I'm like, are you watching Miami Connection? <laughs> Toma live streamed his Miami Connection viewing experience. <laughs> no, he like he sent a video over text. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was funny, though. He's like, this is great. And his wife messaged me like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Why would you do this? <laughs> so she didn't love it. I love that flick. And what was the other one we found? Ninja Busters, uh, which I have on Blu-ray, which I have not. I, I'm not even going to show it to you, Doug, because I know you're going to hate it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Dude, but one of the guy taught Bruce Lee. That is true. So you might as well watch it. I mean, if it's happening at, at your place, a lot of times I don't have a choice. So, <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I, I think that, too... Uh, a lot of the movies we show late night after we've been drinking beer, they kind of have to fit that that theme. What was that horror movie we watched? Microwave um, Massacre? Microwave Massacre, yeah. The worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life, but Whoa. we did not stop laughing the entire time. That movie that is sounds, amazing. That sounds like... Um, so I was listening to um, Patton Oswalt's stand-up, and he talks about Deathbed, the bed that eats people. And Microwave Massacre sounds like something he would write in response to Deathbed. <laughs> Microwave Massacre is uh, it's, it's just a gem. And in fact, it'll probably go on the list again this October when we're doing Horror Movie Month. It better. And I need to watch it again. So don't play it without me. I won't. Good. Marvel, this week, uh, teased a huge announcement. I was very speculative until Thursday what that was going to be. I don't think anybody knew Marvel was going to announce that they and Square are jumping into video games together. What do you guys think about this? Because the teaser, Doug and I talked about it last night, they didn't show shit. Is that the teaser that's like the Avengers and it just shows all their weapons like on the ground? Yes. I was yes. trying to figure out what the heck that even was. I I saw that and I was like, I I don't know what the heck's going on. They're doing multiple video games. Square, Marvel, video games. It is Square, right? Yeah, I think so. Square Enix. It, it, it's Square. It is, and... But where did you get the the multiple part from? Where'd you read that? One of the websites I went to said it was a multi-game partnership. Ah, okay. So I hope don't quote me on that. Contract. Then did you not read that? Then I I didn't. Maybe All, I'm wrong, but I, I yeah. swear I read multi-game. Is Everything. That well, Square Enix to develop multiple original games based on Marvel, beginning with that's on amp.com. That's pretty sweet, I think, because when I think about the video games that are based on comic books. There's a lot of really bad ones. And we're going <laughs> to get into that today, I hope. Sweet. Um, and there's, there's a lot that are really good. And my favorite kind uh, would not probably made, be made by Square, but some of my favorite games are made by Square. So I kind of hope, I don't know, I kind of hope they make... Square has the people who did the Kingdom Hearts action style fighting, Final Fantasy 15, and just that style of action in a 
uh, superhero video game is something I would love to see. So if um, I've been playing Final Fantasy 15 recently, and um, if the the combat system in Final Fantasy is anything like this new Avengers game, it's going to be fun fun as hell because it's just it's just fun to like dash all over a battlefield have all these um different really cool abilities that are hot keyed to your d-pad and to just have kind of non-stop action um it's very cinematic like if you're um if you link up with one of the other characters it'll go like slow-mo while you two attack the same guy and it's it's really really cool so i think it'll be well done I'd like to see combat from that game. All I've ever seen when I've pulled up a stream, especially our own stream, is four dudes riding around in a fucking car. (laughs) And that's why I haven't played it yet either. So after we record, we're going to go downstairs and I'm going to have you play at least like some of the tutorial matches so you can get get a feel for it. I mean, they straight up said that was the people who did the Kingdom Hearts combat system. Yeah. And that's seriously one of my favorite things. That's what that game felt like. I only played through the demo, but it felt like Kingdom Hearts to yeah. me, which I loved. Perfect. Well, and the new Kingdom Hearts player. came out this week. Well, not a new one, but didn't they release all the yes. Vita ones? On, not Vita. Um, what was the other PSP, place? PSP. They had Birth by Sleep. Oh, they released 2.8 then. Yeah. Yes. That came PS4. out this week as mm-hmm. well. I'm actually surprised you haven't been playing it. I'm going to go pick it up. Because I'm kind of waiting because I think in March we get 1.5 and 2.5 on the PS4 as well. Mm -hmm. So that means every game that has been released to this point will be HD remade on the PS4. I made you a promise that I would play Kingdom Hearts 1 when it gets remastered. And I will stick to that. Sterling tried to play Kingdom Hearts 1 recently. Like I have the PlayStation 2 original one and um, he just couldn't do it, man. He's like, these camera angles are awful and everything just looks so weird. I'm like, it's okay. (laughs) We noticed that too when we hooked the PS2 up to a modern TV. The games look like shit. Yeah, you got to play it on a smaller screen. They look look awful. Yeah. I mean, you go from... 4-3 4-3 aspect ratio to 16 by 9 and then you jump it way up and you throw in a ton of pixels and then you just don't it doesn't process that and it's yeah. like what do I do I couldn't read like the font when I first put it on the big screen so I had to take it to I've got a little tiny little Samsung monitor that I played it on It's pretty sweet What do you guys want in a Marvel Square Enix game What Black kind of game Widow is the lead character <laughs> We know that's not happening <laughs> Well no, it's not happening. <laughs> okay. I, I, was, I was having a glimmer of hope, which yeah, is normally no. not like me. Don't have a glimmer of hope. Um, one hesitation that I do have that I hope um, that they don't do with this Avengers game, because everyone has their own favorite Avenger. Um, we had talked about this when we first brought up Final Fantasy XV. You cannot switch between characters. This is one of the first Final Fantasy games where you can't do that. You only play as Noctis. You know, I watched Jake play a little bit, and I was like, switch to that guy over there and snipe. And he's like, you can't. And I was like, are you sure you just don't know how to do it, buddy? And he was like, no, you idiot. Like, you can't do it. <laughs> you were right, Jake. <laughs> if he, we, I'm sorry we doubted you. So if Noctis gets knocked out or something, though, you switch to another character, right? No, if Noctis gets knocked out, game over. I swear I've seen someone play as a character other than Noctis at some so point. So if you trigger one of the special abilities... Um, You've got one special attack assigned to each of your other team members. If you trigger one of those, your camera switches to that character, but it you don't actually control them. That's weird. That's it is weird. But the good thing that I can say about it, you know, I've always had a huge problem with playing video games where your allied characters are controlled mostly by AI because the AI has just been shitty for years. It's one of the reasons, one of my favorite games is... <laughs> Lord of the Rings, War in the North, and no one else really likes it. Um, but I have to play with another person. What system was that on? 360 okay. and PS3. Um, I have to play with another person because if you don't, um, it's always three characters, um, regardless of how many people you actually have playing with you. And the AI is just awful. They die all the time. And so I was really nervous about that with Final Fantasy, but the AI is excellent. It really is. Like They're logical. If you're in trouble, they'll come and get you. I mean, they, they spread out on the battlefield nicely. It's really well done. So that but makes it a little bit better. your original point, you don't want an Avengers game where you only can be Captain America. Exactly. And Black Widow and Falcon and everyone else just helps you out. I don't think that they can't do that. If they're going to do a superhero game, they have to give you some element of choice, right? We hope so. But, I mean, Final Fantasy, it's one of the first ones where you can't switch between characters. So maybe... And it is Square. So I see your point there. They might do that to us. But... 
my favorite like comic book video games are the side scrolling beat 'em up ones where we each could just pick a character like the X-Men one on the cabinets or um oh, Spider-Man game. Carnage uh Maximum, Maximum Carnage. Carnage. Yep, that's actually probably my favorite. I didn't make a list today, but Doug and I we threw ideas out last night and that's <laughs> one that the one of the first ones that came up for me too was Maximum Carnage even though it's on a list I read this morning of the worst oh. comic book video games because <laughs> The lack of enemy variety, the fact that you're Spider-Man, but all you do is fucking punch shit. You don't ever use your webs or anything like that. <laughs> that they, they, they made a good case for why it sucked, but I remember loving it. It was my favorite one that I remember, that I remember. But so if you think about that and we take it from the side scrolling beat up and we just open up the world <laughs> and make it 3D and we run around and we just beat the crap out of enemies and progress through this awesome story, that's, that's what I want. It occurred to me as I was sitting here listening to you guys talk about this that Marvel's done a really good job uh, generating a new generation of fans because one of the things that's always kind of bothered me is the, these kids, I call them kids, the, the 20-somethings who... Uh, you know, so, Rebecca and Tyler. <laughs> I was going to say. They, they, they claim their comic book cred. I'm like, how the fuck? You know, you don't have 25 years of books under your belt. Like, where are you coming at, you know, with, with your expertise? Where's that coming from? It's from these games yeah. because they did such a good job with Ultimate Alliance and the the Lego titles yeah. of putting all of their characters into this universe and making sure you get enough of their backstory. And that uh, hats off to Marvel for generating again another generation of fans who's going to be the the ones that are buying up the tickets for the movies that we get every three months now. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did a did a really good job with that. Ultimate Alliance is the direction I hope that they go. I, I want something like that. I want, so does Doug. I want, yeah. I want, do you guys ever play X-Men Legends? It was a PlayStation 2 title. No. I did not. It's the same people that made Ultimate Alliance, and there's an X-Men Legends 1 and an X-Men Legends 2, and it's just like Ultimate Alliance, except it's all centered around X-Men canon, and it's wonderful. And cool. the unlockables are like the comic book covers, and it does give you, to your point, uh, a lot of history of the characters, which I liked. I think Ultimate Alliance, I mean, God, besides a Lego game, dense with characters. What was there, like 27 playable Marvel characters? That's huge. So Ultimate Alliance, if I remember right, and I have played them, but it's been quite some time. Uh, that was 360, and uh, was it just 360? 360 and PlayStation 3? Yes. Yeah, I played it Three. on I never had a 360. Okay, I played it on PS3 too. Those are like the gauntlet styled ones. Right. Okay. Which I am totally. Very similar to gauntlet. A lot more power choice um, and I guess a lot more cutscenes. But I really liked how you could. um, And normally I'm not into changing characters' outfits, but each character had four different outfits, good alternate costumes, and your characters would level up. So if there's someone you like to play with more than others, they got better. It was drop-in, drop-out couch co-op for four fucking people, which is ungoddamn heard of nowadays. Yeah. Shocker. And I think they had online as well. Couldn't you play online? You could be Cap. I could be Wolvie. And we'd have two AI. I don't remember uh, because we were always playing four couch. people. Yeah, that that was the game that turned my boys into comic book fans. Absolutely. Building the teams that you would get different team bonuses and different combos would unlock if you lined up the right four people in the group, you know, all of the Avengers or the Fantastic Four, etc. And uh, I don't think we ever got to the point where we needed to find people online to play with because there was always four of us. I was lucky. I miss that whole all the couch co-op i mean it's one of the reasons that borderlands will always be hands down my favorite game because sterling and i can split screen and so many games nowadays you can't do that there's been a lot of games that i want to play but it's like well if i do want to play i want at least the option to play with with sterling and i don't so i love couch co-op and i'm really sad that it disappeared but to be fair if we had to drive up here to couch co-op certain games with you guys all the time i would do it it would just kind of suck you know, what are you trying to say, Tyler? Borderlands. <laughs> that I'm not worth the drive. <laughs> Definitely true. Uh, but Bo- Sterling will be home soon, so that makes it worth it. I mean, if Sterling is here, then of then course I'll show up. Yeah. This guy. Have you met Sterling? He He's, just met Rebecca today. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I have no idea who Sterling is. He's, He's my so fiance. Hot. He looks like Captain America. Like He's very sexy. Oh, he's Cap for Kids. Yeah. 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 You're engaged to Cap for Kids? Yes. Yeah. I'm, yes. I'm the director of operations for that. In fact, she runs the... <laughs> Bex runs the charity. 
See, I, I know enough to be, well, make myself look ignorant on air. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that's this really cool. This would be a good shit Doug doesn't know that uh, the new co-host of BitFaced is married He's, to Cat for Kids. See these awesome like shields right next to you right there. And yeah, there. that's the Green Lantern shield. That one's one signed one by there. Stan Lee. I just thought she um, won a lot of contests. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, but no, like certain games like that, like split screen, I have trouble with because if I could play Borderlands instead of playing it split screen, I'm just going to play me and Toma. Toma will come over to the house and he'll sit down with his laptop and I'll sit down with my laptop and we're couch co-oping just on our own screens. And I'll come downstairs every hour to get water and make fun of both of you. And it's, it's a great weekend experience for me. And with laptops, you know, that, um, or even like gaming PCs, you guys will see, um, I'll take you on a tour after we're done recording. You'll see Sterling and I have side by side gaming PCs. Um, but like games that we want to play on the PlayStation four, we're not going to buy two PlayStation fours. I had that trouble when, um, when dead Island came out, I really wanted to play with my friend at the time, but, you had to have two PlayStation 3s, and I just, we weren't going to do that, so. So besides the beat-em-up and the Marvel Ultimate Alliance style of game, I would really like to see Spider-Man meets Arkham Asylum. Yes. Somewhat like Spider-Man, and this is for you, Gumbert, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions was a great game. Yes. I want, uh, and Spider-Man 2 is another one that came up when I was doing my uh, my list as a game I remembered. I would love Rocksteady. Or, I mean, I guess it's going to be Square, but I'd love a Rocksteady-style Spider-Man game. I mean, pick any hero and put him in there. Black Panther would be fucking awesome. Luke oh Cage God. would be awesome. I mean, give me a game that, you know, I mean, they're going to have to pick a character that's going to sell, let's be honest, which is why Black Widow probably won't get the treatment. But even a Black Widow Arkham Asylum game would be wonderful. Teaming up with Hawkeye. I mean, there's so much potential here. Marvel's been honing their skills at being able to tie different media together, uh, i.e. The, the television and the, the movies. I don't know that they've got really adept at being able to play a storyline from a movie into a, a TV series and then back into a movie. It worked on some levels and it people just don't watch TV like they used to. So if you're not yeah. watching it the night it debuts, then the whole experience isn't working. I'd like to see uh, a persistent environment where storyline from the different movies is inter. inter- interacting with a storyline that's going on in a, in a persistent online world. So you almost want like, almost like an MMO <laughs> made by Square with Marvel. Don't tease me, Frodo, because <laughs> that sounds hot. It sounds great, but did you guys play DC, DC. Universe oh, yeah. Online? Ugh. So I loved it when, it's, when it was subscription-based. When it went free-to-play, it tanked. It was awful. I started, I played on launch day and I played when it was subscription based and I got sick of it after about two weeks. And now on the one, if you don't pay, you basically are looking at a load screen for an hour before you can even get in queue. And that's how they do it. I mean, that's where the paywall is. Uh, Star Trek Online works very much the same way. I, if they are going to do an MMO, and I think we talked about this last night, they, it better be fucking good. Because if not, I, I have no desire to play it. Because the problem with DC was, yeah, you got to make your own hero. But I think a lot of people want to play with Batman. They want to play with Superman. They want to play with Wonder Woman. They don't want to play with a guy that has similar powers. And all the fucking good names are taken. Like, I couldn't name my Firebase character Holocaust. They were like, nope. That's that's bad. I mean, and I didn't mean it, like, in a bad way. That's a cool name for a fire character, right? It is. <laughs> I think I just broke Tyler. <laughs> oh. Wow. Um, I'm not sure I'd ever name a fire character Holocaust, but but you're I, not an I asshole. I see the appeal. Like, <laughs> I think it's a cool name for a fire-based character. Yeah. I can't believe that they haven't used it in the comics. No, you're right. If you think about it, not in the sense of 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 the event, the Holocaust, but the word Holocaust. Like, sure, for a fire character, it works. But no, it doesn't fly on on DC Universe Online. In fact, they they, they said I got that message. This is not appropriate, or you know, whatever. When you pick it. Oh, well, that's too bad. But what else do you guys want to see? Or we can go into some of your favorite, and I hope you guys brought some of your least favorite comic book video games of all time, because there's a lot of notable ones. In fact, I found almost as many shit titles as I did great titles, and I also found that the split between Marvel and DC is pretty even. Neither one of them dominates in the video game realm. They've they've had their share of stinkers as well as their share of, of gold. I loved the Arkham games. 
I think those we all were, did, right? Those were probably some of my favorites. I mean, you just feel badass and powerful and you feel like Batman. And my cat really wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> As you know, actually, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Arkham style games because I felt that what I was... I liked a lot of the stealth aspects. I liked jumping up and roping someone to a ledge. And then you get into the hand-to-hand combat where I mash punch to someone's face and then I hit the counter button when something flies over their head and that's it. So what about an Arkham game, Arkham style game, but the combat is done by the same people who did Kingdom Hearts? Done. There you go. I want that. Uh, I don't have the reflexes of you younger people anymore. I just want to mash a button and have it look cool on the screen. And I, I know what you're saying. You want to feel connected between the actions you're making and what you're seeing rather than just... I feel like I am, though. You and I have always disagreed on this point. And Mac and I, I think, sent a challenge out to you in the first year of BitFace that there's no way you button mash your way through that game on hard difficulty and get perfect combos. There's no way. You, it's timing. You know, Arkham was originally a Dance Dance Revolution style game. It was that that's where the combat came from is they wanted like Batman meets DDR and it evolved into something. God, we have to say much better than what Batman DDR would have ended up being. I don't I like the combat in Arkham. I don't have a problem with it. And also to Doug's point, I do feel connected to it. I don't, I, but you do get to see really cool shit that obviously you're not pulling off some of, you know, there's not a special button for the knee throw or whatever, but Batman just throws that into the arsenal. I love that. Well, and thinking about it, if you do think about the combat style of Kingdom Hearts, it is actually pretty similar. You swing your keyblade a lot or choose to use a spell, which would you could equate to like your battering or something like that. There's a block and there's a parry that you counter stuff with. It's it's actually fairly similar. So, you know, I may have to replay through some of them and give it they another. just remastered uh city and asylum i think for ps4 and the one okay good then i'll pick them up on ps4 city in my opinion is the benchmark for all superhero or comic book games going forward like yeah, that's definitely where agree. the bar was set and it needs if something's going to be better that's the game it's got to be yeah once they once they let you um explore gotham as a whole oh my god it was incredible and my fiance just showed up Hi, handsome. Hi, handsome. <laughs> oh, no. Now, oh, do you God. think that, uh, you see, so you think it peaked with City. A lot of people bagged on uh, Night and Origins. The one thing that I think set it apart from the rest was just how big it was and how once they introduced the, the more sandbox type element to it and let you do whatever you wanted, however you wanted. That's what appealed to me because the earlier titles were a little more on rails. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, I just, I can still like see in my head gliding off of um, one of like the clock towers and you just see all of Gotham spread out below you and it's, it's it was just beautiful. Yeah, you could spend hours just flying around and have yeah. a great time in that game. Yep. And some of the Riddler challenges were... Oh my god. They they were really easy in the first game. They were really they started getting progressively harder. In fact, you and I sat around one afternoon for about four or five hours on yeah. Arkham Knight playing through the Riddler challenges mm-hmm. and God they were a they were a bitch. Yeah. That was my favorite part. Like I didn't go and pick up that game, but every time I would come over, we would sit around and just play Riddler challenges and just go and do all the different Riddler challenges. Because it's a puzzle and it's fun and there was more to it. Game within a game. Yeah. I like, I like that it. aspect of it. What Game is Rocksteady section. working on now? I heard Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a little bit, but I think that got dropped. Ooh, that would be really cool. Like I heard that that's the property that, that cool. they were going to do was a TMNT game, which I'd, I'd be down with. That'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. It would remind me a lot of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 or whatever it was uh, on the arcade. Side-scrolling beat em up Made by Rocksteady, though. How cool would that be? That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I want them to do. Like you said, with Marvel, if they turn it into that style game, that could be cool. So you said you didn't like Arkham. What's your favorite? I think I think Bex is, is saying Arkham is definitely top for her. I think Doug is probably agreeing with her there. Yeah, um, Arkham City was... What's your favorite? Your favorite comic book video game? So besides Maximum Carnage, because that's it's probably... That's up there for you? Okay. It's probably either one or two. And I think I've said this on the cast... 
the one that I played the most that I enjoyed was Spider-Man on the N64. Okay, so that that's Spider-Man 1, I guess, because it's also a PlayStation 1 game, correct? Yeah. It's a good game. I think Spider-Man 2 is better, made by Treyarch, same people that did the Tony Hawk uh, series, but I do remember Spider-Man 1. It had a lot of fan service in it. Isn't that the one that Bruce Campbell narrates? You know, I honestly don't remember at this point. I think he does. I thought that was Spider-Man 2. Is it 2 that he narrates? I now I can't remember. Spider-Man 2 was the like the GTA 3 style Spider-Man, right? Yes. The first open world. I'll have to I don't think I've ever played Spider-Man 2, so I'll have to pick that up too. I just remember Spider-Man 64 or Spider-Man 1 being very cool cuz you had the 3D realm and you had a lot of your cool web moves where you could like shoot someone and then swing them around you to hit all of the enemies. A very fun, very fun game. That's probably my favorite. Spider-Man 1. Did you ever play Spider-Man on the Atari? No. I almost brought my Atari today. What's an Atari? No, I'm just kidding. You guys needed to see how how awful this was to to appreciate how far we've come. (laughs) In fact, when we were discussing games, uh, the two that got brought up on Atari, Superman and Spider-Man, Doug and I both played when we were kids, and they were both awful. Uh, you're the only person I've ever known that could beat Superman, that could put the bridge together. That was the whole I'll, goal of the game. You had to find pieces of the bridge, and because and of what, Lois was late for work or some shit? There, well, wasn't, there wasn't a plot. You weren't told why you were putting the bridge together. You weren't even told that you were putting a bridge together. You just had to figure that out. Luckily, I, all four of my sisters were very much into that game, too. We all beat it. But you guys should go back and, uh, and check out Superman and Spider-Man. And we weren't able to find out what the first comic book video game was. And we looked for a while. So hmm. I'm going to send Granted. that out to, to BitFacers. If you guys can tell us what it is, Doug's guess is Superman, right? I'm going to go with Superman on the 2600 just because that's I know the first comic book video game title that I played. And that was a long time ago, so it seems... And it makes sense that it would be Superman. We were also very hammered when we looked that up, so <laughs> it's possible that it, it's That you be. saw it and you just kind of overlooked it. But you think that you can Google... What was the very first comic book video game yeah. and that you'd get a result very quickly? Not so. TRG is all over it right now. He's going to have the answer before we get done today. I hope so. <laughs> oh, but to go back and answer your question, I couldn't find anything um, that Rocksteady has announced they're currently working on, but they did just hire a bunch of people in December, so I bet we're going to get an announcement soon. Ramping up. Yep. Good. Um, I'm hoping that it... Um, I hope they go away from uh, from Batman. I think they said night is it for them, yeah. right? Yeah. So maybe another property. Yeah. Well, you know what? We got we got three good games and one half decent one. Can't complain about that. Just disappointing where the the Batman games went immediately following that. Um, following Rocksteady. Oh, you talking about Telltale? Telltale. You know I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know all of the styles of games that we've talked about are are somewhat similar. You are always attacking and fighting and beating up enemies. And what if we saw a game, since it is Square, where we could get some kind of, uh, I don't know, tactics-based combat? Would you guys be interested in that? Hmm. I think I would. What c- Compare it to something. Like, are you talking Marvel Command & Conquer or Marvel StarCraft? <laughs> no, not like real-time strategy. More like... Um, more like a Fire Emblem? More like Fire Emblem okay. or... For you, probably Final Fantasy Tactics, something like that. Huh, that would be interesting. Yeah, you have these different sets of characters, and you meet more as you go along, and you have this grid, and you have to move your people around and fight them in a turn-based... Man, if they kept the permadeath thing, that would be devastating. Imagine losing your your favorite character. That would be very sad. That would be very sad. I'm down for whatever they want to, to try to do. And I think to your point, Tyler, a little variety would be appreciated. It will be interesting to see what this does for Telltale because they've got Guardians that they're working on currently. So I didn't hate Telltale Batman, but it wasn't awesome either. Okay. I haven't played that one yet. I played Tales from the Borderlands, which I loved. I loved that too. And I loved uh, The Wolf Among Us. Okay. That's one I still need to pick up. And I haven't played, I guess, season two or three of Walking Dead. I played through season one when it won Game of the Year. I, The Telltale games are something that I can't play all the time. In fact, it's something, I hate to say it, like if I'm sick or I don't feel like playing a video game, it's what I play. 
because you don't really do anything. Yeah, I only ever get them when um, once all the episodes are out, they usually throw them on for a pretty hefty discount and then grab them then. Um, I did play the Back to the Future one, and I really liked that one. That was more hands-on, though. That was, was more figuring puzzles out. You actually had to do stuff. You actually had to walk around. Yeah, not just push forward to move forward. Okay, go down this tunnel. You would actually like run around. So yeah, that, that was when they kind of, like I guess, switched directions and kind of streamlined everything. One thing in the Batman game that was infuriating is you had a combo meter, and it, inevitably you would fill it up because all you have to do is hit A or right or whatever, and then you do some crazy combo to the guy at the end of the fight. But it would happen whether you put the buttons in correctly or not. I don't. Well, that's it was not it was a, a combo. Waste. Yeah, that's like they should call it like an action meter or something, not a combo. Combo is combination you're supposed to be. <laughs> I, I agree. Speaking of bars that you fill up in combos, that is another huge market of superhero video games. It's the fighting games. We've got Marvel vs. Capcom. We have a new MVC coming out this year, correct? Yeah, what if Infinite. they did a Captain America Civil War fighting game where you could either be Team Cap or Team Tony fighting against each other? That might be kind of interesting. Yeah, a lot like... Uh, I guess it would be like Marvel vs. Capcom is probably how they'd end up doing the combat system. But it would be, story-wise, a lot closer to like Injustice. Yeah. Which is also coming out this year. So not only do we get Injustice 2, we get a new Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom, which I'm super excited for. And Injustice 2 looks amazing. <laughs> so as far as I can find out, it was 1979 Superman on the Atari 2600, followed Ooh. by... Spider-Man on the Atari 2600. That, that's exactly how we <laughs> called it last night. Yeah, we don't, we don't need the internet. We were there. <laughs> we were, we, what were, I'll how be, old were we I'll then? Be nice. Eight? Yeah. I, I will also volunteer those as the worst comic book video games ever because Spider-Man in particular was terrible and my boys were unfortunate enough to play it and immediately questioned me as to why I would play a game that was not fun in any way. Well, because back then there only were three games and these were two of them, so <laughs> Actually then, to your to I your to your point, like there was way more games back then. That's why the market crashed. Yeah. There was no quality control. And in fact there's titles that only had like releases of a hundred cartridges that people are trying to collect now and things like that. There were so many games you had to go with something licensed. That's why E. T. sold so much because oh it's E. T. We love E. T. or Pac Man. We love that. But there was a bunch of crap when we were kids. And E. T. Right now there's three consoles plus PC, so you'd say four. When we grew up there was nine, ten, eleven consoles maybe. Some that you bring up now that I can't remember even ever having heard of if you think about it uh you and i each had three a piece you had a coleco you had an atari and you had something else that you and i had an intellivision i had an apple 2e and i had something else and i was playing on the playing games on the 64 i should say commodore 64 so that there's no <laughs> no confusion <laughs> yeah, there. that's not my first thought when i hear 64 i realized that quickly to, to quote uh <laughs> to quote negasonic teenage warhead god you're old <laughs> I was writing games on the, the 64. That's how old I am. Jesus. I programmed a Star Trek game on a TI-99 4A yeah. uh, when we were kids. And, and the TI-99 had a fucking cassette tape drive was one of the, uh, the peripherals. Wow. That's okay. I can kind of understand how you guys feel. I had a t-shirt with a floppy disk on it. My little sister didn't know what it was, and we're only two years apart. So, uh <laughs> Uh, I miss the floppy days. Actually, I don't. Um, <laughs> when I was going through these lists, usually one thing, floppy days aren't what you want. Spider-Man and Superman are terrible. I think the worst superhero video game besides uh, Superman 64, which I'm sure we'll talk about, X-Men Destiny by Silicon Knights was That's a giant That's the one I was trying to think of. of I was like, I know there was an X-Men game that was just awful. I never even touched it because the reviews were so bad. It's uh, horrible. And what was their game that you loved but everyone else hated? Silicon Knights made Eternal Darkness, which is one of my favorite games on the GameCube and one of the most underrated games of all time. Then they made this game that Tyler loved that I fucking hated. What game was that? You know what I'm oh, talking about. Yeah, I do. Too Human. Too Human. Okay. And then that was really bad. But then X-Men Destiny. Whoa, that wasn't really bad. That was really good. Fight. 
fight, fight. <laughs> this is the same guy that picked Mighty Number no. Nine as his game of the year. I stand by that, motherfuckers. <laughs> did you play it? I did play it. Do you like Mega Man? I love Mega Man. Then get out of my face! You don't know what you're talking about. Doug's actually a very good Mega Man player, and I didn't hate it, Mighty Number no. Nine, but I didn't love it either. I didn't love it like you did. The only difference is they added a dash absorb mechanic. Otherwise, it's a Mega Man game. That's what it is. I know that's what it was meant to be. It it just <laughs> it didn't. I didn't like the. I didn't like a lot about it. I, I got through the first boss. I, I forced myself to get that far, and you should play more. Lost interest. Now keep it, going. I, it I don't, only gets better. I don't like the the gameplay. I don't. But it's a Mega Man game. Yeah, you said In that theory. already. <laughs> <laughs> like that, you absorb powers, and then you beat the bosses, and you use their powers for stuff. I, I think it had great potential, and I think it fell short. I don't think so. But I guess that's why we have a podcast to argue about it. That's right. But X-Men Destiny is the one. If, if we were to put lists together today of the of the five, ten worst comic book video game adaptations, I think X-Men That'd Destiny. That would be on there for sure. Well, and I love the property so much. Now, the X-Men game made by LJN on the NES is equally terrible. And so is the Genesis X-Men game where in order to pull Wolverine's claws out, your health bar decreases so if you want to play with wolverine you're constantly dying when you're using one of his powers on a character that has inherent healing <laughs> makes no fucking sense whatsoever yeah uh, that, that makes no sense don't ever play it the graphics are insane if you saw it now you'd be like wow that's a great looking genesis game but hmm. the, the gameplay is terrible the ljn x-men game though fucking god awful too so and again i love the property I don't think, uh, besides X-Men Legends, that that property has been done well either. I want to see um, Square cool do a good see. X-Men game. Oh, yeah. There's so much potential there. And they've done Civil War, so maybe do like Age of Apocalypse or do, do something. Take a storyline, because they did Civil War in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. Take a storyline and, uh, and bring it in from the X-Men. I want to see the X-Men done right. The Wolverine game on the 360 was really good, though. Did you guys ever play that? Mm-mm. I did not. It's really, it's really good. It's it, it's actually based on the movie that sucked, the X Men Origins Wolverine, but okay. the game is phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's why I never picked it up because the movie sucked so bad. I was like, ah, fuck this, I don't want to play. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's it's a lot like the Deadpool game. There's a lot of tongue in cheek. In fact, you find the cake from Portal at one point. Oh, There's cool. Lord of the Rings references. There's a reference to Lost. You the find cake is al- the cake is alive. <laughs> the cake is an alternative fact. The cake is an alternative <laughs> fact. <laughs> What other games do you guys want to mention before we wrap? Because I, Tyler's already given me signals over here. And we're trying to keep... We're Yeah, we're right at our time. Yeah, so that's good. That's great. Yeah, it, it, I think it flies. We, I think we covered it. Anything yeah. else you guys want to, to want to bring up in the genre? Anything we talked about today, either Star Wars, comic book video games, or the fact that as a culture we've become very shitty with our humor. So some of the worst ones that we haven't mentioned real quick. Aquaman? <laughs> Dude, I would love an Aquaman game. It sucked. Did you play it? No. It's awful. It's on my my very short list here. It's okay. terrible. I was going to say some, some of the Iron Man games, like the, I think it was PS2, and they had one on, gosh, maybe. They one had one on the, the 360. They, they did. Two did of them, they? actually, and they were both awful. Yeah, they're just, they tried to do a, a, a new flying mechanic, and it just didn't work out right, and it could have been cool. It was just very, very poor. The Thor adapted. game on the 360 was awful. Um, the uh, Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction has not been mentioned, and that's a great PlayStation oh. 2 yeah. title. I think Sierra made that game. That one. I think what we need to do sometime as, as a group is sit down and just play through a lot. There's a huge list of superhero games that I haven't touched because... Maybe I found a lot of the bad ones, but that was kind of a genre that, to me, every time I saw one was coming out, I was like, eh, scoot it away. <laughs> one, um, one game studio that we haven't talked about is Sucker Punch Games. They did Infamous. I would like to see them do a superhero game, because Infamous was almost kind of like, I mean, he was a little anti-hero but it was that you know there was this event and all of a sudden you have these superpowers and i think they would do a really really good game if they could get a license from marvel or dc yeah what are they doing i i don't know they had done that infamous second sun game which was ps4 launch title right um or close close it it was a little like short i don't know 10 15 hour game 
Um, it was pretty good, but it didn't um, didn't really feel quite like a, an infinite, infamous game. But you, I haven't heard from them in a while, so I'm not sure. Awesome. I'd like to see that. Uh, I'd like to see that too, though. And what was the other one that came out where you're the uh, where you're the black guy? And it's also a very it's very similar to Infamous. You're a superhero. God, I cannot remember the name of the title. It saved my life. There's two of them. Is it Prototype? Yes, thank you. Okay. Mm, yeah. Yeah, Prototype, and it's it's a superhero. It's it's very isn't it very Infamous like? You have superpowers. You have an open world to run around in. They came out at basically around the same time, and yeah. I, I kind of drew myself to to sucker uh, to sucker punches Infamous. I mean, they did Sly, and Sly was tight. So, well, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a good place to stop here. We will be at Genghis Khan in two weeks and Galaxy Fest in three weeks. So, like I say all the time, stop by the table. We will talk to you, especially Tyler. He loves strangers. Um, so, also look for Doug and myself on Project Challenge. You can actually find it the same way you would find Bitface. We are on iTunes. We're on all the same locales. Even shared to the uh, the Bitface page this week if if you want to check. Doug and I out, and people always ask, well, what's the difference between BitFaced and Project Challenge? I will tell you, there's just a lot more. Uh, if you want your politics and you want to know what's going on in the world, uh, Doug and I are kind of taking it more uh, more that direction. So definitely check us out there. To my left, the sexy chameleon who hates documentaries. <laughs> to my right, my best friend, my partner on Project Challenge. Uh, one of the reasons I got into podcasting, Doug Lund, and across the table from me, there would be no BitFaced without the chairman of the soundboards, Tyler Run, TRG Glaze. I am Eric G. Hollis, and we are out.